North Otago. It's rich in history and strong in character. And you have found the podcast that celebrates all that is good within our district. Join Gary and Damien every week as they either interview a legend or someone who is putting North Otago on the map yet again. North Otago legends, up-and-comers, and a bit of history. The name says it all. Well, welcome back to podcast number two, Gary. How you doing? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, if you're listening online, oh, well, I'm good, actually. Thanks, Gary. If you're listening online, you've found us. This is North Otago Legends, up-and-comers, and... We're chucking a bit of history. So we just, um, you might have caught Ian Hurst's podcast last week. Uh, what an amazing man, what he's done with his life. But today we've got one of those young guys who's an up-and-coming Gary. Oh, he absolutely is, isn't he? Yeah, look at, news. I'm really looking forward to hearing what he's got to share. I just, um, I've watched this guy train and I've seen his dedication and his commitment to his sport. And there are not too many athletes like him around that just put in the time and the energy, and it's it just shows where he is today. But yep. it's probably a bit like you and your youth, Gary, playing <laughs> soccer to a, football to a high level, and yeah, probably not so high as this this young man. Yeah, yeah, yeah didn't represent New Zealand. No, no, no didn't didn't get there or yeah. anywhere near there. No, no, let's not go there cool. at all. Okay. Um, did you enjoy the Enhurst podcast? <laughs> oh, great! Yeah, some yep. interesting stuff come out, didn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know those stories that's. Um, that, that you, you know, you find out what happens behind the scenes along yeah. the way. It's it's pretty special. I think if you you know Ian and if you're that era, then next week on the podcast we have a guy called Wynn Stevens, and same just someone who's done something great and amazing. So yeah, after we've had a good chat to Logan, next week come back and check out Wynn Stevens. All right, I'm going to introduce this young man now. His name is Logan Doherty. If you've been around Omaru and St Kevin's, you'd know him. If you um, if you've been involved with rowing, you definitely know him. You might even know his family, um, all involved in sports. But, Logan, good to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you very much for uh, having me on. It's uh, great great to catch up again. We um, here in North Otago, we're just celebrating people who've done something amazing and or doing something amazing. Now, we can't quite say you're a legend yet, but you're definitely up and comer. We're so inspired by how hard you train and what you're doing to get to where you are, that I, with no doubt, we're going to get back in a few years' time and I'll bestow the title legend upon you then. What do you think? <laughs> uh, we'll just uh, we'll take one step at a time and we'll just uh, see what happens over the next uh, the course of the next couple of years. Indeed. So, Logan, let's, let's start with... Um you know, you getting into sport and so on. Is it? I mean, has it been something right through your childhood and um, into your young adulthood that you've just been very involved in sports? What, what, what's your backstory there? So I guess growing up, just uh, being the typical uh, uh, high school student of playing rugby, um, and then eventually I um, decided to give rowing a bit of a crack and... Uh, Ever since then, I guess I could say I've never really looked back. I just uh, love the sport. It's yeah, as simple as that. Yeah, so so tell us about some of your recent um, successes. Uh, so I had a successful uh, season this year, um, fourth in the under-22 single at the Nationals, uh, bronze in the under-22 double, second in the Premier double, and uh, a gold in the senior men's quad. 
um, which led on to uh, national national under twenty three lightweight trials, and I was lucky enough to be able to be selected um, into the men's lightweight double to attend the under twenty three world championships in Varese, Italy, later in July this year. Fantastic. So, look, I just want to clarify a point there, um, and I think most people wouldn't have picked up on it. So you say you said you got fourth in your singles, but what people don't know is there was no light um, lightweight category. So you were rowing against all the heavyweights, and you still got fourth. Is that right? Yes, yes. So I was rowing against uh, some some freaks of uh, I guess uh, the rowing community. Um, so yeah, being. Being a 70 kilo guy against someone who's 95 kilos, it's pretty special to be in the top top four in the country. Yeah, yeah. and I only missed out on a bronze medal by less than just less than a second. It's pretty special. I think that's a, it's amazing because um yeah, so your body weight naturally and who you are, you you're naturally a lightweight. Do you want to just talk us a wee bit the difference between that and then we'll get on to what you're doing and where you're going. Uh, so a lightweight rower has to be no more than 72 and a half kilos. And in a, when you're in a lightweight double, you have to crew average at 70 kilos. So um, you get, it's pretty simple. You know, both guys have to be 70 kilos then. But um, so if you have one guy that was 72, the other guy would have to be 68 to meet the crew average. Yeah. So, so not not very big guys compared to someone that you know ninety five kilo. Yeah, when you're coming up against the Mark Taylors of this world, those guys are just you know they're six foot two, three, four, and they're built um, for that. I uh, just really, um, I think for you, it's amazing that there is that pathway. You know, they don't just chuck you in there and expect you to compete. That you can um, challenge the best in the world who rode lightweight, and that's just fantastic for you. You find that? Yes, no, it's, it's great, and um, to to be competitive against the heavyweights is what proves yourself as a lightweight. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that's quite cool. So, what what do you have to do extra special to actually keep up with those big guys? Uh, extra special would be uh, technically I have to be more proficient in what I do. Um, and also be strong for my weight. So my power-to-weight ratio has to be quite high, uh, which is what gives me the advantage over these, these bigger guys. Is genuine, genuinely, I, I, I would have a, um, uh, a better power-to-weight ratio over them, and that's why I can have a higher maximum boat speed um, than those guys. Yeah, so, the, I mean, a lot of it comes into, you know, your, your... Your, your size, um, your, obviously your muscle mass and so forth. Um, yeah, how tall are you? Oh, gosh, I haven't done that for a while, but I would uh, five eleven maybe. I'm not six foot, right? But so maybe five, maybe five eleven. So some of these other guys, so you know, they've they've got a few extra every stroke. They've got a few extra inches of of reach, you know, with their every stroke they take. So yeah, it does make a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Would um, stroke rate come into it? So coming down the 2K course, what what stroke rate would you be sitting on and what would some of those big fatties be sitting on? <laughs> those, uh, it depends on the boat class and who you're rowing with, but we'll, we'll say the single. Um, genuinely, generally, I'd come down 
39, 40 strokes a minute That's compared fast. to these guys, these guys that'll slog it along 34, 35 maybe. Um, but some of them are just so strong they can come down at 32. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it just depends. But you've got to get out there. You've got to push it and, and row faster than those guys who got a natural longer reach and they can afford to go slower, but you've got to just push it the whole way. You must get your heart rate up. Yeah, the heart rate gets up uh, pretty high uh, within sort of 30 strokes of the race. I'm already peaking definitely above uh, 190, ticking coming through sort of halfway through, I'd be maxing out at 200 and I'm just sort of just keeps on climbing. How can that be healthy? If anyone normal in downtown who had a heart rate of 200, you'd be calling an ambulance. Would that be right? <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, just through the training that I do, it just uh, and being so fit, I'm just able to maintain that for such a long period of time. And, um, um, I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's comfortable, but I um, uh, get used to it from the uh, amount of training that um, I do. And one of the measures of fitness is how quickly you can get that back down again, that heart rate. So you know you're pretty happy with 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 that um, your, your fitness in that respect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. And uh, the biggest thing is when you're leading a race, I I tend to find that it you get so much more comfortable because the beauty about rowing is, yeah, you are going backwards, um, but you can see the people that you're beating and you can relax just that little bit more. Yeah, no, great. You touched on fitness. So uh, we know you're in camp with New Zealand under-23s at the moment. So just talk, You obviously you get to touch base with all the Olympians and um, all the gold medal winners from the eights. You see all those guys. What's your training regime look like? What do you? What's a normal day for Logan Doherty? A normal day uh, from start to finish, uh, Damien? Yeah, just give us a highlight of what you're doing day in, day out. I think... People just don't understand. I, I hear because I was involved with the rowing club this year and, and you have these kids, yeah, I'd love to row for New Zealand. You're like, man, what we did in the rowing club was tough, but what you got to do where you're at is just not many people could handle it. So it's just good to hear what you have to go through to get to to chase your dream. Uh, I'll just give you a start. So generally I'm up at uh, 5.30 um, and then I'll be down at the lake um, sort of, uh, 20, 20 past six-ish um, on water just before seven o'clock um, and we'd head out for a couple hours. That depends on which type of build week we're in in our training phase, but it could be a 24K row. Um, so it'd be a couple hours come in um, and we'd leave and, and we'd always cycle to and from training. So that's 8K there, 8K back. Um, so that's 16K as well. And then go is that, back. Is that just your warm-up? Yeah, warm up, warm down. Uh, just just a bit of extra training. So there's also that. Uh, then it's away, eat food, recover um, during the middle of the day. Um, depending on the day, we would have a second session after lunch. But at the moment, we're only twice a day. So then we would be back down at the lake sort of oh, just after two, probably about half past two. And it will either be a weight session, a erg session on the rowing machine, or uh, another on-water session. Uh, generally, about sixteen k's if it's on the rowing machine or the or the water. Um, or otherwise, it's a weight session, and obviously biking to and from. And then it's back back home for um, dinner and some 
more food and ideally in bed by nine, half past nine and do it all over again. A long day. So your nutrition is obviously important. So tell us a bit about your diet. Uh, have they got you on special food? What, what, do you, what do you do there? Are you eating a lot? I, I am eating a lot. And to be honest, you do so much training that you struggle to eat enough, even as a lightweight athlete. Um, you know, you're burning up on the big days, upwards of 6,000 calories a day, and you're just struggling. That's a lot of food just to get down your down your throat. So, yeah, that we are given diets, and there is a lot of flexibility in that and ways to get those calories in. Smoothies is an easy way. Um, but, yeah, just it's a lot of food. Right. Uh, it's, it's good to hear that. So the people around you, as, as Damien referred to before, you know, are you – Mixing with those gold medalists from um, past games, are you, you know, um, what, what are the people around you like? So the, the beauty about that is where we're training, uh, we see them every day and we're on the same stretch of water as them, so we see them all the time. Um, and our sessions often tie in with them um, when we all do a squad piece with them, so we'll be pacing with them. So it's quite cool to be in the same building as the people that coming up through the system you uh, you could say idolise. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's quite special just to be in that environment. Way to make them all feel old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, there's a few young guys that make them just go that wee bit faster so they stay on top of their game, I guess. So yeah. you mentioned an erg before, so anyone that's um, – not unsure what an erg was. Do you want to talk about that? And then we'll, I just want to throw a challenge out there. If there's any young guys sit, sitting around 70 kg, you know they've done fitness, they've done their rugby training, they've been in the gym, they can push some weights. Um, wonder if they could challenge and get close to your erg time over 2Ks. What do you reckon we see if there's anyone out there brave enough? <laughs> I'd never say never, but they can They can give it a crack. Yep. Um, but uh, over 2K I've done I've done this heat, a lot of them now, but um, I'm, uh, my PV is 613.4, and that was at, I think I was just above 70. I must have been about 71, 72 kilos when I did that. Yeah. Um, so that was that was quite a special special thing. Um, so I did that so let's just clarify that. You rode 2Ks on a row machine, that's when Erg is, and you did it in 613. Yep, that, yep. That's, that's crazy. Which I think would be... By memory, it was like a one thirty-three point something split per five hundred meters. Per five hundred, yeah. Look, if uh, any young guys can break seven minutes at the moment, you know they're obviously very, very fit. <laughs> but I don't know how you keep taking off another forty-five plus seconds. Like, <laughs> just to do that alone is that's pretty tough, isn't it? Yeah, and to, to be honest, it doesn't get any easier as you as you do much more training. You just uh, can handle so much more pain, I guess. So, important question: Do you go into a dark place when doing that? Like, does it just mentally just drain you? Do you ever get to that point where you think you're going to break or uh, you just can't go? What do you do then? Yeah, yeah, you do get to that point, and I think the thing that I'm starting to get good at now, and I'm only just able to really say I'm getting better at it now is once you get to that point around probably 1100 meters to go and your mind's really telling you look I, I can't keep going I've got to stop once you're able to cross that barrier it's really a big like accomplish, accomplish, accomplish accomplishment 
and you can sort of just really blank out those thoughts and really just grind away and forget about it. So it's just about crossing that. When you can cross that pain barrier, then you you almost forget about the pain and you just uh, are in the zone completely. Are you guys supported by sports psychologists and things? Do do they help with that mental side of it? Yeah, so we've got access to every best you can think of, physiologist, nutritionist, uh, psychologist, you know, it's all... It's all there for us to use. We've just got to make the time for us personally to book and utilize it. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. So tell us about, so you're in the New Zealand under-23s, and tell us just about where's your pathway going with under-23s. You mentioned you're off overseas soon. What's that look like? And then we'd love to just know what's your ultimate goal. So where do you want to go from there? What's what's driving you? What's the thing that you want to get ticked off and rowing and say I've achieved that. Uh, so yeah, we've got the world champs in July over in Italy. So that'll be quite a cool experience. I've done a couple uh, under 21 campaigns of uh, going to Australia, but um, this will be pretty special to go to the world champs. Um, after that, we'll come back to New Zealand. Um, and ideally I would like to make the elite development squad. Um, which will base me up in Karakero for the summer, summer season, um, leading up to nationals, which hopefully could lead to an elite lightweight trial. And I'd like to break into that elite, um, elite sort of setup I've got there, um, with obviously a lightweight double and a, a lightweight single, which is the reserve spot for the for the double. Um, had someone become in, injured or can't make weight. So that's, that's the ultimate goal and uh, uh, being at Paris uh, 2024 is the pinnacle. Yeah, well, all the very best for all of that. I think you're, yeah, certainly sounds like you're putting in the hard yards. So we do really wish you all, all the best to actually achieve that particular goal. And, um, of course, once you're there, um, actually yeah, staying up the front of the, the um of, of the rows and actually meddling would be fantastic achievement. Yeah. And one thing I know about you, Logan, you it doesn't matter what colour you're in, it doesn't matter who you're rowing for or what singlet, you're you're a proud Omaru rower. And you you even this year you checked up on every single rower that we had and was doing well. Um you always had advice for dad and dad appreciated that. So yeah, it's one day we. I just know you'll be such a big support. You know, if you do make that twenty twenty four to Paris, uh, um, Omaru will be behind you because you've just dedicated and you committed so much. And we know that you love Omaru. You just haven't left and said see you, Omaru. You committed to the club, and, and I think that's fantastic for a young pe- person like you. Um, but yeah, is that fair to say? That, that is definitely yeah. Well, I mean, I am running for another club, but I um. My heart will always be with Omaru because that's, that's grassroots and you never ever forget where your grassroots are. Yeah. Good to hear. Um, so um, com- coming back to some of these guys that you're around at the moment, have you have you got any tales to tell us uh, without telling any out of school, so to speak? But, you know, have, have you, has the interactions been? Have you, is there anyone there that's um, stood out for you or is there just some, some funny stories that you can tell us about them? There's honestly not too many funny stories because, I mean, uh, I, there is the acting the goat that happens sort of away from away from the sport. Um, but 
but when everyone's there and that's when you mostly see them, uh, everyone's focused on what they're doing. Um, so there's no, no real time or there's, there's no real uh, leniency to even act, act the goat because you, you, it can uh, be detrimental to what you're trying to focus on down at the lake. Um, so most of that happens away from the lake, which I don't see a lot of. <laughs> Good answer. Well, yeah, I, I can say I can say I only genuinely generally see their um, uh, their personal uh, their professional yeah. um, side, um, but I'm sure I'll see the other sides uh, very shortly when you travel. <laughs> um, there's a story um, going around about because you were coached by Owen Guild for the start of your rowing career, and um, I know Dad had a big part, but Owen put you through a training that other people outside of a New Zealand camp just wouldn't do. Or Is that right? Tell us about that story. Oh, it's just, uh, there's been a couple, but I think I know the one you're talking about, and it'll be the, it was either 20 or 21 500-metre repeat with yeah. one minute off in between. That's that one. was on Rua Tanifa. And I was in under-21s at the time, and um, we sort of – I went had my program that I've been given, but I guess that day that sort of got scrapped up and he made his own thing up as he does. And yeah. uh, it ended up becoming – he just uh, said, we'll do a few 500-meter repeats with a minute off and um, just kept counting and 19, 20. 21 and 21 of them later, um, you can you can row in now. And obviously, I'm at the other end of Rua Tanifa, so I've got to drag myself back to the other end. Um, so it was very, it was a very long session. And I've told guys that I was in the team with at that time, and they never believed I did that session. And uh, I, I wish there was more people there to just watch me do it. Um, but yeah, just just it's quite crazy. Just doing that session and no one believes I ever did it. <laughs> but, but that just shows like, I mean, to Owen, uh, just being able to push his, push his athletes uh, far and I guess the theory is to make, you do all that hard training and it makes the race, I mean, it's 2Ks long and you do all this training, um, which is a lot harder than, uh, than the race and uh, makes the race seem easy. Yeah, I guess it's those other ones that think, you know, you you could never do that and they could never do that. But you know when you're actually lining up against them, you can do that. You've done it. And that gives you the fortitude to get on and, and, and beat them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just about um, doing all that training and um, not leaving any stone unturned, um, which um, uh, gives me the confidence for when I'm on the start line of my races to – um, know that I've done uh, all the training to make myself as successful, or the result, the result will be a product of uh, the hard work I've put in. Yeah. Now, just talking about Owen as a coach, I yeah, just the way he understood rowing, he was old school, but the way he got the best out of his athletes, and I think one of the biggest honours for Owen was a green coat, only the second coach behind Rusty Robinson in the Omaru Club to win a green coat. How did he win that green coat? How did he get presented with that? Uh, so in 2020, yeah, 2020, I went to nationals and I entered several events, but one, one, one of the titles I came away with was winning premier lightweight men's single skull. And um, winning that gave me a, a gold coat for winning a premier lightweight event. Um, but 
but also being coached by Owen at the time. Uh, the coach of a winning premier, Scala, gets a uh, green coat. And, um, yeah, so, uh, first, first coach since uh, the great Armory legend, Rusty Robertson, to get one, which I would believe would be a number of years. Uh, 19-something, something, 60s would have been when Rusty won his with the famous Armory Four. So it, um, it's quite a special special achievement for a, another Omaru coach to receive one yeah. and, and being such a such a small club it, it means so much to a small club yeah um I've spent some uh, quite a bit of time with your father the last few months and I've never met a guy so committed and dedicated to the sport or any sport the way the time and the effort and the energy he puts in would you say you're probably a bit of a chip off the old block? Like when he's focused on something, he's so determined. Is that probably your personality set up as well? You just you set your task and you just go and do it, or uh, I guess I've got that trait from, from yeah. him. Yeah, I just I uh, yeah I pick something, I, I set a goal, and um, I'll uh, make the sacrifices to achieve that goal. Um, whatever whatever they are, I'll um, make the sacrifice and I'll achieve that goal. What do you think you've sacrificed? Oh, really, really a, a full-time job at the moment. Um, but, I mean, it's uh, allowing me to, and with the support of uh, Plunk of Electrical um, and Omaru, they're allowing me to sort of chase my dream at the moment. So um, that's, that's pretty special. Um, not earning a full salary does suck and make it a bit of a, a bit of a, not a struggle, but it's, it's just uh, that pressure creeps in around finances, but there's no pressure there at the moment, so that's pretty cool. Um, but just having that 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 sort of income does does really suck to miss out on. Yeah, it's certainly, you know, as you're watching your your, your mates go away and do their jobs and, and earn good money and um, you know and... do the do the things that they want to do with that money, buy houses and things like that. Um, and you've got a bit of catching up to do eventually. But, um, you know, the, there does need to be life after sport. There does need to be planning for that. So what, what, what's your plans around, you know, where to after sport? So at the moment I am finishing my apprenticeship. I should mostly be done most of it this year. I, um, I've just got a, a couple of exams and then I will have all that ticked off. So that'll be pretty special and a great achievement to be a qualified electrician. Um, so I've got that. Um, so um, our life after sport will involve uh, coming back to Omaru and giving back to my employer for what he's given to me. Wow, I think that, that that's quite important for, you know, he's given so much to me. I've got to return the favour, as to say. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, so, so you're, you're still doing a bit of study and so forth as well as you yeah, train. Yeah. So as I, yeah, as I'm training, I'm also having downtime to recover, which is critical, but I'm also having time to every now and then flick through um, exam, past exam papers and study them just like high school time. Um, yeah, so it's, it's quite quite a good to have a, a bit of balance between sport, rest and um, study. Right. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so we just want to shout out to Mark and the Plunkett Electrical team. I think um, Mark's seen your vision and he's got behind you. Um, you Obviously, you'd be a fantastic worker anyway, but I just remember over the summer, you'd get up early, you'd go out to the YR box, 
how long would you do out there in the summer mornings? An hour Ooh, session, two hour session? That's a, that's a good, uh, probably about, yeah, about 90 minutes. I think I could, it was, yeah, as long as I could fit in. Um, generally, generally, it was uh, quite dark when I was doing that because I had to get back to work in time for eight o'clock. So it was quite dark most of the time. So, yeah, um, yeah uh, 90 minutes would be about right. Um, and then I'd go to work and then uh, train again at night at the hub. That's what I'd mentioned. Yeah, yeah. So in the summer, you'd get up at five, whatever, you go out wire box, you try and train hard out 90 minutes, come back to full day's work, and then after work, you come straight down to the rowing club, get in the gym, do an erg, or, you know, do whatever. That was just, it was so good to see. You probably could do that in your day, Damien, when you're back in your 20s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not now. Not now. <laughs> No, okay. no it's, yeah. it, it does make for a heck of a long day, so that's for sure. So, yeah, hat off to you. Yeah, yeah, no, and, um, yeah, it does make it hard working a full-time job and trying to be successful. So, yeah, no, it's great to have the support behind them. I just think young people could learn from you. So you've, you've got your goal and you set your target. So that means... I have to get up early every morning. That meant you had to do a couple of hours before work and then that meant you had to get back in the gym after work. And I just don't know too many young ones are wanting to sacrifice, but um, would that be, what would you say if there's a young guy listening here, wants to break into the All Blacks, wants to play basketball, uh, wants to do some kind of sporting, you know, what would be your biggest tip or takeaway for the young guy, young girl, wants to break into a netball team, you know, what could they do just to get themselves ahead of the rest of the competition? I guess uh, you've got to be thinking. Um, you definitely want to be doing more or thinking that you're doing more than what your competitors are doing. Um, so if, you're, if your alarm goes off in the morning and yeah, you're tired but you want to hit snooze and stuff, you've got to be thinking that your competitor has just woken up and stepped out of bed and he's off training. So you've got to You've got to make that same put put the foot on the ground and get moving, um, and try to do more than what your competitor is doing at that time. Yep. So it's just about about trying or believing you're doing more than more work than everyone else. Um, and I guess a, a great saying from a famous uh, a famous coach Arthur Lineard is "Miles make champions." Yeah. Yeah, that's so you just you really there's no secret secret recipe so you've got to put the work in uh, otherwise you're just not going to get any reward. Yeah. And uh, generally the more the more you do uh, the more time your heart rate's accelerated or whatever you, the, the more successful you're going to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's that and that's true and it's true for anything. But so if you're that young girl who wants to do netball and you know everyone else is doing a hundred practice shots a day, you go out and do hundred and twenty or hundred and fifty. Or if you're that rugby yep. player, you know someone's kicking thirty conversions every afternoon, go out and kick fifty conversions. Is that the kind of mentality you're thinking? Just do more than everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and doing that it does that commitment does come with a bit of a sacrifice. Um, yeah, you know, family family time or seeing the girlfriend or uh, oh, I don't know, just just stuff like that. Um, but you you can't really uh, acknowledge that as a sacrifice, but almost like a, an opportunity. Um, and uh, taking that opportunity is what can make uh, those 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 people that um, do that so so successful. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well done, Logan. And you know, I think I think the town's proud of, of what proud. You're, yeah. you're doing so far. And you know, we want to see you really achieving all you all you can. You know, and I think you you know you you are someone who will absolutely live up to the potential that you've got, and you're using the the talents that you have got. So we really wish you all the best. Um, certainly appreciate the, the opportunity to have a chat with you as a as an up and comer. Um, and you know, as uh, Damien said earlier, you know, looks forward to the time where you can you come back and he can bestow the the title of local legend. Absolute legend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah. yeah, love it. No, thank thank you very much for having me. It's been uh, great to catch up. Yeah, we'll give wee updates on the podcast and that every now and again. So you just let us know how you're going. Um, so one last question: If you do break into the high performance at the end of the year. Which is your next goal? Yep. Does that come with? Uh, are they more money? Do they pay you once you're at that level? Uh, so at the moment we're lucky enough to uh, we at under twenty three level we are finan- uh, somewhat financially supported from uh, high performance sport New Zealand. Um, but when you make that sort of from under twenty three is that next step on into the elite system, you are. You are supported a lot more um, financially, and it, it, it's more money to just help you get by, um, pay pay rent, pay food, whatever, just things like that. Just take that take that ease off you. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just want to put it out there. It, um, if there's any businesses listening at the moment that want to just um, put some money towards you, they can do it through Dad or the Omri Rowing Club or you directly just to help you on that journey. Because I know it is tough, and I know you you work, 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 you save to get where you are, and your focus now is training. You can't have a part-time job. You can't do it. Your focus is that. But you're sort of on the bones, aren't you? There's no money to go out and buy, a, you know, a new T-shirt or nothing. You, every cent counts at the moment for you, doesn't it? Yep, yep. No, every, and to be honest, every cent really just goes towards food and rent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So um, if there's any businesses or any individuals, if they want to um, put something towards us, either get into contact with us here at the podcast or on my rowing club, and um, every cent would go to you chasing that dream of becoming an Olympian and hopefully one day coming home with a gold medal around your neck. That's, that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. That's why we, do, why we do sport. Yeah. So... All the best, yeah. and thank you very much. Yep. We wish you well. Thanks yep. for talking with us today. Yep, thank you very much. All right, mate. Sweet. Catch you later. Right, thank you. Cheers. So back to training for Logan. I just, Gary, the guy's inspiring. Like, just a young guy, and he hasn't even talked half the things he's just given up. Like, you know, young guys his age are going to parties, and like he's saying, girlfriends doesn't have time, no. you know, and, or traveling or buying a brand new car. And he just, he sacrificed so much for his dream. Yeah. So you want to see a young guy like that succeed because he's given so much and he's so focused. And there's a clear pathway, what he said, miles make champions. Yeah. So no, he, Absolutely. It, it's, you know, it is a real focus that they, you know, people like Logan need to yeah. actually achieve at that top level. You do not get there by... Doing something casually. Well, skill alone doesn't. I think, and when you're young, skill gets you so far and might make you in the North Otago team, or mate, you know. Yeah. And wow, that person's good. But skill and dedication, or and then just like Logan, just miles and miles, it'll get you to the elite level if you're focused 
So, yeah, we do wish him all the best. We do know that he will go on and do well. And, um, yeah, we look forward to hearing what Wynn Stevens shares. He's at the other end. He's done it. He is a legend. Yep. And he is one. He come home with a gold medal around his neck, so we look forward to hearing from him Yeah, no, it would be good, good to hear the hard yards he had to put yeah. in to achieve what he achieved back yep. in the day. Yep. Great. All right. Great chatting, and we'll see you next week. Cheers.